Welcome to Unshakable with Human Design, the show dedicated to helping entrepreneurs use human design to shift from hustle to flow without sacrificing results. Come here to become an unshakable human and build an unshakable business according to your human design. I'm your host, Nicole Lano. Hello and welcome to the Unshakable with Human Design podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Nicole Leno, and today I am really excited about the guest that I have with me today. Um, she and I have become friends. We met several months ago, and I've been on her show and had the pleasure of participating in one of her VIP events, which was amazing. And I was like, I wanted to do some episodes on team, and obviously from a human design perspective, bringing in the energetics of a team. But this woman is, they call her the team whisperer. And what she brings to this is the other side, the actual logistic side, and also just the experience of this. I'm going to let her introduce herself, but she has an amazing program called the Rainmaker Residency. Her name is Veronica Romney, and I am super thrilled to have you here. Welcome, V. Welcome to the Thank show. Thank you, Nicole. Did I ever tell you that my alter ego was Nicole? Did I, tell I did oh, not yeah. know that. So my parents are Cuban immigrants, right? So thick Hispanic accents. And so my mom wanted to name me Nicole, but my dad kept on saying Nickel. And so we, we had to scrap <laughs> the original, but I was destined to be a Nicole. I love it. <laughs> we are cosmically entwined. I have felt that since we met. Well, I love that little fun fact thrown in there. My alter ego, like my sacral, I named her Julie. Ooh. And that came from my best friend. He told me that he would have been named Julie if he was a girl. And I would have been named Kevin if I were a boy. So we gave each other those there names. There you go. So, so we have all these fun little name things. Well, welcome to the show. I'm so thrilled to have you here. You. Tell everybody before we get started. A little bit about you that I did not cover in that oh, team whisperer, dream team architect, crazy Cuban girl on the internet. I don't know. There's lots of me's, but yes. Hi guys, I'm Veronica Romney. Please just call me V. Essentially, what I do in a nutshell is I elevate marketing leaders inside and out, and I'm doing it for orphan CEOs who desperately need to get out of the weeds of their business and are stuck still being head of their own marketing. And or these beautiful marketing leaders who hold the weight of the world on their shoulders with very limited resources to do the incredible things that is expected of them. And I'm trying desperately as somebody who has held both of those roles multiple times, I'm trying to bridge the gap so that our rainmakers can make it rain and our CEOs can be the visionaries that they're intended of being and should be. I love what you do. And when I first met you, you were like, you said something to the effect, I'm going to butcher sure. your quote, but you said, CEOs, I want to fire you from mm -hmm. your, from mm -hmm. your job. You should not be mm -hmm. doing all the marketing mm -hmm. in your business. And I was like, what? Speak to me about this sorcery <laughs> that you do. What do you mean? I can get out of the marketing mm -hmm. of my business because I was feeling mm -hmm. that for a long time, like that, like it's the marketing that holds mm -hmm. me back from doing all the other things. And so tell everybody your philosophy on that and, and what it is that you do to help yeah, people. Yeah, you have to remember, let me disclose, I work with CEOs who are online business owners who are not funded, meaning they start their businesses from scratch, they eat what they hunt, and more oftentimes than not, they are the product. It's their thought leadership, their deep expertise that gets packaged into something, whether it be a service, a course, a program. But it's them that's encapsulated that then is provided or offered to the marketplace for consumption in one way or the other. 
And so the CEOs have a really, I shouldn't say easy, I don't want to diminish that building a team across the entire lane of your business highway has its issues. But what I have found is our CEOs have an easier time delegating or relinquishing the boring stuff. Like, yeah, somebody else can do my bookkeeping. Somebody else can do my accounting. Somebody else can do my customer service inbox. So they're a lot faster to let go of company-centric or admin-centric activities. They're doing a better job at letting go of even customer-centric activities and tasks. But then when it comes to the sales, the marketing, the content, that prospect-centric activity, because they're the personality, they're the personal brand, it is the freaking hardest to let go without it getting boomeranged back in your face. And I am unapologetic at saying if you want to continue on in the position of being your own CMO, you personally will be stunting the growth of your company. You have to accept that truth. You're running a lifestyle brand and it's going to be only as capable as your personal capacity if you don't learn to let it go. But there is a correct way of letting it go and then there is a very sad, incorrect way of letting it go. And so we see a lot of turnover in that marketing leadership position because you are literally backfilling your boss. Dun, dun, dun. So it's the hardest position to, one, hire for, to retain. It is a bit of a mind reader role, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I feel that too. And I think I'm a pretty good, I don't like the term boss, but like person to work for, leader. I feel like I'm very considerate of my Mm -hmm. people. I really don't try to get in Mm -hmm. their way or micromanage. I really do desire to hand off as much as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. I really would like to just be coaching and be doing my thing of what that only I can do Mm -hmm. and then them take care of all of the back end. But it is a bit of a mind reader role and the time constraints and how fast everything moves and the timing of everything. It's a juggling Mm -hmm. act on both sides. Mm -hmm. And I love that your program, you work with both the CEO and the CMO. Yes, both the duo. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you have a very successful program, but for the people who think it's not possible (laughs) to really train somebody to step into that role. What do you say to them? Yeah. And by the way, let's say you're listening to the podcast and you've attempted to do this in the past and it has completely backfired. I see you. I feel you again. Remember, I'm also a visionary CEO who has felt exactly what it is to get all the things dumped right back on my shoulders and or to have invested in somebody with a lot of money, sometimes even paying them more than I paid myself in those early days and then it not work out. So there's a lot of empathy. I don't choose sides. I'm here for the company. The company needs to be served. But yes, it's not hopeless. (laughs) There is hope. I oversee a very unique container, a very unique program that takes on two people as my client, both the CEO and their marketing rainmaker, aka their marketing leader, and I show them a way in which they can actually be successful, allowing the CEO to truly step into the seat of founder and visionary, and being that primary spokesperson and messenger for the mission and the vision that is the company's identity, while this marketing leader is the one that's like converting zero dollars into one dollar for the company. Like that's the job. It's the prospect journey. It's the conversion of a prospect to a customer for the first time. 
they're harvesting the, the fruit of all the activity that our CEOs are doing when they're getting out there and doing their keynotes and writing a book and being on podcast interviews like what I'm doing right now and masterminding with their peers and creating strategic collaborations. These things require focus. And I just have really strong opinions about who gets to do what in the organization. But we have enormous success stories, testimonials of the yin yang. There is proof of concept. Let's just say that. Yeah, and obviously this is a human design podcast. I will let you know that V is a 5-2 pure manifesting generator. She has six centers defined. She's undefined in her solar plexus, her head center, and her Ajna center. And when I saw your chart for the first time, I was like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Like You have a ton of energy, Mm -hmm. and you have a lot of initiating energy. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of what we look at is like business circuitry in it, where you have the ability to both do and hold Mm -hmm. people. And that's important. Mm -hmm. And I also notice in the way that you handle people, like you being in the middle of these two roles, you being a visionary CEO, you having been a CMO in the past, and then sitting between these two really capable, powerful people Mm -hmm. and feeling both of Mm -hmm. them. First of all, I look at that like that's that open emotional center being really clean that you're able to feel into what you're getting from both of them. But it's a balancing act. And you brought up sometimes paying somebody more than you pay yourself. And I think a lot of CEOs fall into Mm -hmm. that category. And I did read your email from this morning where you talked about your experience with that in the past. And I have certainly been there. And there are times where I still go there. Like there's a month where more is going out than I'm taking myself. And thankfully, not like it used to be, Mm -hmm. but... That's the reality of it sometimes where you look at payroll and you're like, wow, Mm -hmm. it's a lot. Mm -hmm. And then when it's like, we want you to ramp up your hiring. Mm -hmm. What is your take on that? Because I don't know if there's anybody listening to the show right now that's like, I don't need a team member. I think they know that they Mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. There's two questions that usually come up. Can I find the right person who can actually do this job and can I afford them? Yeah. And they're all valid. It's like the supply and demand or the chicken and the egg, the cart before the horse. What starts it? Do you wait until there's so much on your personal CEO backlog that you're like, I am forced to hire somebody because I am literally physically drowning because that's survival and that's scarcity. And that's a really constricted place to operate from as a business owner versus, well, we're not going to do it that way. We're going to operate from a place of abundance. And so we're actually going to start putting players in place to generate demand and then harvest demand versus now being caught with our pants down, right? I will say I'm not going to offer a blanket advice on the podcast because I fundamentally believe that every single business and its owner is unique. And I'm very, I mean, look at my human design. I'm very blunt and honest. And so more often than not, I do a lot of what I call Rainmaker Clarity Calls, which are free. You know, let's get on a Clarity Call. You can tell me the dynamic of what's going on. I will be very forthright and tell you, you cannot afford a Rainmaker. I've had many conversations where like, if you're below an X threshold, monthly threshold, I wouldn't advise a leader. You would benefit more from hands, doers, executioner, tacticians, right? I'm very honest with the order in which I would build or scale a team because I've seen too many times to count. And I've also personally made this mistake where I gave everybody W2. I was like, Oprah, like you get a W2 and you get a W2 and you're going to get benefits. I'm like, what am I doing? So I'm more of a conservative CEO, especially because I've never been funded. 
and I eat what I hunt. And so there is a correct order in building a team that matches the flexibility and the capacity of your profit and loss statement. And so that is unique depending on the company, the model type, the profitability, the CEO, and what they're needing. Let's just start with that, that there are several components that would give you the answer. It's not like a magic eight ball. But back to what you were saying about me being between two big people. (laughs) Okay, let's just talk about that for a second. Because, oh my gosh. First of all, Nobody, even if you talk to a therapist, they're going to tell you that working with married couples is so much harder than just working and accompanying one human being and walking a journey with one person. And so did I choose to make a program for two stars of the show, (laughs) making it harder? Absolutely. I'm not entering the relationship (laughs) to stand in proxy for anyone. There's nothing that I do that can substitute for the relationship that these two individuals will have in this dynamic work relationship that is super critical for both of their success and the companies. But I think the role that I try very, very hard, very desperately to have a lot of boundaries and protection on for myself, for them, is I play translator a lot. And that comes from my intuition, that comes from reading the room, that comes from personal empathy of being in that role both roles multiple times for different size organizations. I've been a CEO many, many versions. I'm like Lady Gaga, like I got all the versions. And then I've been a Raymaker like Madonna or Taylor Swift with all my eras. So like I've been in the role in different worlds, different capacities from a personal level. And so more often than not, what I'm doing is I'm empowering them with language to help them translate. Because a lot of the breakdown, as you know, is in any team, let alone any one or two individuals on a team is communication. And they're not communicating. A CEO is not defining success for the Rainmaker to then understand what the essence of their CEO is and how to make the email sound more like the CEO. And therefore, the Rainmaker is also like, I don't want to admit defeat. And I don't want to say that I can't do something because I'm not selling myself and I'm a marketer, damn it. So there's a lot going on. And sometimes just having somebody come in to translate or to empower with better language so that they can bridge those communication gaps is a lot of what I play in the role or how we teach them in their leadership development. I love that you bring it up like a marriage counselor because yes, it's very different. I even see it when I do relationship readings with couples. It's a different Mm -hmm. dynamic. And what I wanted to point out as well is there's actually a different energetic dynamic when there are three people than there are two. So when we talk about human design, when we get to three to five people, you become like one organism. It's like one being all, and now you have this new energetic force that's the three, four, or five of you versus the energy dynamic between two people. So there's actually like an energetic component that might be the unseen sort of piece in this, not that it makes it easy, but how you might add or, you know, Yeah, you change the dynamic between the two people just by being a third Mm -hmm. person there. And then you add your expertise and your heart and your compassion and all of the things that you have been through in your experience. The other thing I wanted to bring up just to highlight something from your chart is you use a sentence that I use because I've worked commission jobs since I was like 20 years old. I was a commercial real estate broker. I was always eating what I killed. So Veronica has the channel of surrender, which is the 2644 that stretches from the spleen to the ego. And that's all about 
it's sales and marketing, baby. And it bridges the front of house and back of house, like what is good for everyone. Mm. She also has the money line, the 2145. And that is literally like we eat what we kill. So the 21 is called the hunter huntress. Let's go out and get the resources. And the 45 says, this is how the resources will be distributed to my kingdom. And it is very like queen... Your Queen V, your Queen V energy (laughs) is the 45. When it's in a high expression, it's not doing all of the work. Mm -hmm. It can, but it's very much about educating Mm -hmm. and it's very much about saying, this is what's good for the people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Y'all need to trust me. (laughs) I'm going to take in all of the resources and I'm going to say, you get five of these Mm -hmm. and you get this and you get this work to do. And it's that distribution of it. And then you have the 2551 which is the channel of initiation that stretches from the ego to the G center. And that's all about being able to initiate things, hold people through difficult Mm. times and hold yourself Mm. through it again in its highest expression in the lower expression. It's, Stepping out, doing bold, crazy things without regard. Mm. Everything is a spectrum. But I like to highlight the high end of it. But you're initiating people into something new. This is a new way of looking at your business. This is a new way of looking at scaling. It's not just about making more money. It's about what's happening under the hood. Because the other energetic thing that you were bringing up was... What happens to the lifestyle brand, the personal brand, when the person behind that brand is dying Mm. silently Mm -hmm. behind the shiny Instagram photos? Slow, silent death. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's like a psychotic break that kind of happens at some point where these two different people Mm -hmm. exist, these two different worlds And it's really hard. I put out a poll the other day because I put out a video where I was like, you get little pings from the universe where it's like, this is something you need to work on. And if you're not listening, it'll get louder and we'll send you more messages. And mine has been about asking for Mm -hmm. help. And I've gotten better at asking for help from my team. But asking for Mm -hmm. help. And I think that that is part of that conversation between the CMO, the potential Mm -hmm. rainmaker and the CEO is both Mm -hmm. sides being able to be vulnerable enough to say, I need you. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically one epic company trust fall. (laughs) Yeah. I think of that trust fall in the movie Mean Girls. (laughs) Like it just goes so bad. But it is, there's a surrendering, there's a trust exercise there. I liken it to like a corrective emotional experience Mm because you go through experiences that reinforce the whole, nobody will care about this business like I do. You'll go through those experiences. It'll be the empirical evidence of that truth. And then until you have a corrective emotional experience where somebody comes on the team and they're not the entrepreneur of the organization, but they start acting like an intrapreneur where they start caring about the mission and the vision beyond even the identity of the CEO where the company means more to them than it does the CEO that made it. There's really interesting moments or milestones or transition periods in an organization when you have the right player next to you, to your point, where two minds come together, where there's bodies of thinking in groups. There is a certain spirit or energetic shift that happens. I feel it all the time. Obviously, you feel it the easiest when you're in person with people at an event. But like, I just got off a Zoom call and there was the three of us. And you can feel and also see 
in body language, the energy moving between the three of us. It's just, it's fascinating. The longer that I stay in entrepreneurship, the more woo I get. That's true. I know I'm here for it. I'm so here for it. And then the more that I learn about it, the more I have an appreciation for these intangibles because I grew up from corporate marketing where everything is tangible. Everything has a receipt and Mm -hmm. that's not true. I think that's to your point why the marketing position is so hard because it's equal parts art and science. And now you're dealing with different personalities. It is. And I I love that you bring that up, that it's equal parts art Uh and science. It really is because it can't be all art or it doesn't sell and it can't be all Mm -hmm. science or Mm -hmm. it has no heart and people don't feel it. And I have definitely vacillated. It's a a tough rope to walk across. I want to come back to what we were talking about before about your email about team trauma. So that was the subject of your Mm -hmm. email today that went mm-hmm. out, which you guys should all get on these email lists because it's amazing. She writes these amazing Rainmaker reports and they're incredible. Define team trauma for me. What is team trauma to you? It's different things for different people. From my parents, it was a person on the team of significance who embezzled hundreds of thousands of dollars. For me, it was an employee that I paid more than me that we had a closeness, there was relationship rapport and equity even beyond the walls of the company who walked into my office one day and told me that he's quitting and I never saw it coming and I was just a pool of tears. For other members of my group or um, CEOs in my program, it can be somebody just walking out. The person that you thought that had your back, you find out they're the biggest locker room lawyer in the group where they're talking about you behind your back and you're like, what the hell? So team trauma is basically hurt. It's hurt by somebody on the team that you did the trust fall with. They caught you and then they dropped you. It is trauma. It's traumatic. So this is a very woo question. Do you feel that witnessing your parents go through Mm -hmm. that trauma, Mm -hmm. that you were almost like afraid it was going to happen the whole time? Do, mm. do you feel like it was it a subconscious thing that it was like, I knew it would come like when it happened where you're like, here it okay. is. I've actually never been asked this question. So I'm like super excited about it, which is a testament to you as a podcast <laughs> host. I'm like, well, we're going to the deep end. Um, yes, I am acutely aware that a lot of the trials and tribulations that my parents experienced as entrepreneurs, I being the eldest daughter front row witness to it, it very much impacted me. And watching them handle it clearly gave me a template for how I should have handled stuff, right? Because that's what we know. So my parents had a business partner. They're a couple who worked together for 30-something years. And so it was the first time they added a third partner to the dynamic so they could open a new division for their company. And this was the individual who went on family vacations with us, who sat with me and my sister and my brother at the family dinner table. I mean, lots of co-mingling of personal and professional with this person. And he was the one that ended up embezzling hundreds of thousands of dollars. And we had to do a second mortgage on the house. So the question is, does that impact me? Am I extremely weary of business partnerships? Extremely 100%. And then as I see business partners fail, which happens, they have like an 80% divorce rate it's really hard to maintain a business partnership, let alone an actual marriage, you know, it's all empirical evidence to prove that I should remain walls up. And so I'm working 
very hard to rewrite that script. That might be true for all. That doesn't have to be true for me. But it also definitely influences how I go into any kind of relationship that would resemble that for sure. Bring it on, Wu. One of the biggest beliefs that I work on with people with the EFT work that I do and the trauma clearing work is, and everybody has, it's like the same ice cream, just different flavors, but it all boils down to the ice cream is unsupported. In what way do you feel unsupported? Mm. And that can translate Mm. into if the belief is unsupported, then I'm not going to welcome in the team member. I'm not energetically going to be open to support because I believe that either support will fail Mm that someone will let me down mm-hmm. or that it's not going to come through in some way. I won't get it if I ask yeah. as another one. That's a big one for me is like the asking is, will I get it if I ask? Mm-hmm. Will support be there if I'm vulnerable? It's so much safer for me to just be here and do it all myself. I'm a manifesting generator. I'm a five one. I can get shit done. I'll just do it all. Sure. And it feels safer. Well, yeah. that's the gate 21, that hunter huntress that you have, which that's a bridging gate for me. So when we have bridging gates, those can be big shadow themes mm-hmm. for us. So 21 is control. Mm-hmm. 21 is the hunter huntress in its highest expression. It goes out and it gets what it needs for themselves and for everyone. Yeah. In the lower expression, it's hoarding, it's controlling. If I don't do it, nobody can. That's like the lower expression Well, of it's interesting. This is a really interesting topic. Cause just this week with all of the CEOs in my program, every two weeks we have a call and they're never recorded. So it's like part therapy, part safe haven. And so I pose mm-hmm. the question, do all CEOs that make it, do we all possess attributes of a narcissist to do it? Because like at some point you have to be your greatest fan, believer, I mean, it's illogical. I'm going to do the most unsafe thing possible. I'm going to cut all of my safety nets and I'm going to make something out of nothing. And no one can see the level of belief that I have in this except for me for a really long time. Narcissist is a yucky word. So no one's like, I'm not a narcissist. I'm like, no narcissist says they're a narcissist. But the point (laughs) remains, do CEOs in their nature of making it and doing something from scratch, do we possess attributes that are clearly unapologetic, like hunter, huntress. And so the answer is yes. To some degree, we all have to have these attributes. If not, we wouldn't survive being a CEO for that long. But it's amazing how this attribute or these qualities earn the success, but then if not tempered, can also earn us the destruction on the other side, where we are incapable of working well with others, where we are very difficult to delegate and let go. It really can actually hurt us if we carry this belief that all the only person I need in my life is myself. That can only serve you for so long. I completely agree with everything you said. I think that we need a healthy dose of narcissism. And I think that's why self-love is a big product in our industry, because it's required in order to have success. Mm -hmm. From a human design perspective, it's a lot of the work that Mm -hmm. I do. My goal is that when you're done working with me, or after even a few months of working with me, if you continue, you just every day, you just love the shit out of yourself a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more because you see yourself for who Mm -hmm. you are that everything has a repressed and a reactive side. Mm. Everything has a low and a high expression. For you, what's your brand of unapologetic? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
what's your brand? And I mean, that's down to your profile. Like you're a 5'2 profile. I'm a 5'1. The difference between that is mine leans on a little bit of harder edges. I can be a little bit more reclusive and like I want to work alone. Mm. Two can work a little bit more in partnership. They want to do their own thing. Mm the two. And there's a little bit more of, I'm going to say there's a little sparklier aspect to the two that's very aligned with passion. It's an introvert, but an introvert, like, I just want to do my thing. Like, leave me alone. I'll do my thing. <laughs> and everybody sees you doing your thing. And they're like, I want to do that thing too. That looks really fun. You're really good at that. And the five one, everybody's just like, what's your deal? You're so mysterious. And you're like, moody. I want you. I can see that you could help me with this and then go away because you freak That's me so out. Funny. But it's owning your particular brand of unapologetic mm-hmm. where it comes across as authentic as opposed to off-putting. Sure. So something like your open emotional center in the low expression of that, that's I avoid emotion. Mm. I don't want to feel it. And we all vacillate between yeah. these. I'm not Buddha. <laughs> it's just we get better at recognizing it and saying, oh, there's my naughty girl again. She's showing up. Let's love on her a little bit and bring her back to the light side. But it's avoiding those feelings. It's avoiding confrontation. It's avoiding truth. I don't want to have the hard conversations. Mm. It's so much easier if I just do it myself and I squirrel away over here, literally hiding in a shadow of something that could potentially be your greatest Mm. light. So I think bridging these two things, because they can feel so different sometimes. You teach people how to build a team Mm -hmm. and, well, really build a marketing Mm -hmm. leader for For your team team, to become this amazing lieutenant Mm -hmm. in your business Mm -hmm. that you teach. It feels very strategic. It feels very logical. It feels very tactical, but so much energy in that there's so much of the energetic dynamics and the uh, people Mm -hmm. managing there's people underneath all of that and then when you hear human design it's like all this woo and the way i teach it is no how can we bring you into this healthy expression which then bleeds into all of these other aspects of your life when you're not in alignment with your not self you're not going to create the offer that's totally aligned with your out of adjustment ego or aligned with lack because you're so scared that the other thing won't work, that you jump into the next thing. It's a self-mastery tool. And I think that's what all entrepreneurs ultimately have to be obsessed with a little bit, is being the best version of ourselves. And then when you get to the level of the people who are working with you, it's how do I get other people to be the best version of themselves? I was just going to say, to me, that's everything right there. Because I think CEOs, the longer you've been in the game, the more you realize that you are the game. I, I think that's what's so amazing about gifts like human design, because these are resources, these are vehicles for your fullest expression, also for permission to love thyself. Especially little girls, right? Little girls are were too much or too loud or this or that. Think about all the stuff that you were told growing up about being too something And then that flips to not enough of something. I mean, it's just like it's a shit show. But I think for CEOs, the longer we stay in the game, the more we realize how much our personal well-being is directly tied to the results of the organization. And so we spend a lot of time on ourselves. We go to the masterminds. We read the books. We get the coaches. We do all the things. We were otherwise. And then my whole thing is, man, wait a minute. (laughs) While you're doing all this incredible work, if you only impart or shed a piece of that knowledge towards those around you so that the team around you is also leveling up while you're leveling up 
that's everything and then some. I mean, think about a marital relationship. If only one person in the dynamic is into self-improvement and they're walking on coals with Tony Robbins and they're coming home and the other one's like, what the hell happened to you? Capacity for another person's growth is everything, whether it's in a romantic dynamic or it's in a work relationship. But I think too few CEOs are even aware how much power like good power, how much power and authority and influence they have that they could impart to the team around them to bring them with them. So they're not always constantly outgrowing the people that they care about. Sometimes it happens, but sometimes it has nothing to do with outgrowing. It's just because you didn't take somebody along the ride with you. And I think that was really important to me when I made this program. I didn't want it just for the Raymaker. I didn't want the CEOs to drop off their marketing leader at the car line at eight in the morning and pick them up at four o'clock. I wanted the two of them to go through this immersive leadership upping, elevating both of their leadership abilities together to make it work. And so the leadership team as a whole unit is just the strongest it can be because everybody's up leveling. And I'll speak to this from the standpoint of having gone to your VIP event a couple months mm-hmm. ago. And so my everything, as I refer to her, I'm like, Megan is my everything. She does everything. She's my right hand. I mean, I have other people on the team, but she's my person. And we participated in it together. And honestly, because we had such a tight knit relationship, because we work so well together, what was really eye opening for us is like, no, let's show you where you two should be split. Mm. Let's show you. And it gave us an opening to have conversations that I don't know if we ever thought of having before. And I think we're both very similar. We have very similar human design charts as well. We have, we're very similar in the sense of like, I get shit done. Mm -hmm. So when you gave us the job descriptions of like, this is Mm -hmm. your job description. I was like, Oh my God. She's like, you're doing so much. You Mm, should be like, I know, (laughs) but now I feel bad. You're opening up that conversation and that's the conversation that we're still kind of having. I'm like, do you want to go on this particular ride with me? This journey. Is this a journey that you want to go on? Because I'll support you in it, but you have to want it to. I can't force you. Because I have people, I have bosses that buy human design charts for their people. Mm -hmm. And I can feel it in there when they get on they're like yeah i don't know what this is and i don't know why i'm doing it but here yeah, i am you can't impose an aspiration on somebody i think really really shitty yeah. marketers will do that they'll sell you a pipe dream that you didn't currently possess and then they'll sell you the twenty thousand thirty thousand dollar package and then they don't really care that it doesn't go anywhere because it wasn't a self-generated aspiration or dream versus ethical marketers what do you want What's standing in your way? I have solutions to get the things out of the way that you already wanted before even coming into my world. And it's the same thing with teams, right? Just because you want this person to be your rainmaker or your head of operations or your whatever, doesn't mean that that's necessarily what they want for their personal career aspirations. But if I can get two people that are aspiring to go bigger or to up level in these particular roles, I've literally unleashed the beast. I'm just so excited. And it happens. Again, there's hope. It happens more often than not. And... I mean, it gives me hope. Honestly, it was such an amazing experience. And it was so not what I was expecting (laughs) either. You do these exercises and we would get together. And I loved how you had the rainmakers Mm -hmm. all in breakout rooms together. And then you had the CEOs, Mm -hmm. visionaries in rooms together. It was so helpful to hear from every. It was just, it was an amazing experience. And it really delineated and got me clear on this is my Mm -hmm. job. 
And I've sort of known that the whole time, but I had no idea how mm-hmm. to get out. And here's the path to that. So I cannot recommend it enough. If she runs oh. it again, you should definitely, you. definitely do that. I want to ask you before we wrap up, what is the thing that you wish every CEO knew and or did? Oh, that's a really good question. Because I don't want to say anything shallow. I want to go deep. I'm not saying that my CEOs can't do everything if they really were put to it because <laughs> i don't know maybe it's again that huntress in me or the get shit done i just would really like to invite you to reconsider how lonely you wish your journey to be because i think a lot of us puff our chefs and say all i need is myself and i think if you really sat with that i think that's a massive defense template and i think what everybody wants is what exactly what you were saying we want support We want collaboration. We want unity. We want love. And I know we're talking about work teams, but those things can be found in a work team in an HR appropriate way. Promise. Mic drop moment. That really is pretty profound. Like I said, it's the work that I do with people. And maybe a fun visualization to leave everybody with is CEOs, close your eyes. And I want you to visualize yourself. What would it look like if you were surrounded only by people who supported every aspect of Mm. your dream? What would that feel like? And I have done this and it's brought me to tears because a part of me was so afraid to even look at that because she was so afraid she couldn't Mm -hmm. have it. And it's that fear that's going to hold you back from actually making it happen and seeing that how much of it's already there. Mm. Mm. Nicole, I think we got him. High five. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Thank you for being here. Where can everybody stay in touch with you, learn more about you, get all the things from you, and find out more about all the wonderful things that you do if they're looking for their Rainmaker? So everything is on RainmakerResidency.com. All the magic that we've been talking about is literally there. But if you want to connect with me on social media, because I have a whole bunch of little gifts and freebies, and if you want to see your own online CEO job description, I have that for free. And that's just, I'm everywhere as V Romney download that description it will like knock you over you'll be like oh my god i'm not doing any of it nearly. i'm <laughs> doing like 10 percent of the things that i should be doing and she also has an amazing podcast called the oh, Rainmaker podcast which i highly recommend <laughs> highly highly recommend the thank you for being here joy i would do it in a heartbeat again thank you for having me and thank you listener for making it all the way to the end of this conversation with us we appreciate you and i hope that this little episode opened you up Because remember, if you want to have an unshakable business, you must first become an unshakable human. So I hope this episode helped you see your journey in becoming unshakable and will help you in next week's episode with more on your journey of becoming an unshakable human with human design. See you in the next one. If you love this episode and you're a fan of the show, please show us the love on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to the show and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with other entrepreneurs on their human design journey, join our free Facebook community, Human Design for Entrepreneurs. Go to nicolelano.me forward slash podcast links to join the group, book a human design reading with me, or access our free human design resources. We'll see you there.